episode 12 of the Gold Card Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Vince Colati at Gelati LOL. Along with the full cast tonight, we have John George at the Sports Plug. Hello, everybody. Hopefully lagging less than that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Calvin T at Ruler Arsama. Hi, guys. I'm here. And Chris Chung at Prime Time. I'm back. Sweet. Ladies, he's back. He's back. All the ladies can tune back in now, right? So, uh, Chris, you're like in the middle of a move or something, right? I am. No furniture, no no regular PC. Um, Looking pretty empty. But guess what? He's still here for the cast, folks. I am. All right, cool. So, a couple things on the docket for tonight. Uh, It's going to be a shorter show this evening. I know we always say that, but for real this time, I think it's going to be a shorter show. So, uh, we're going to just quick go over what uh, we all thought of the gr- uh, main event group stage, um, certain takeaways and everything. And then uh, we had a really interesting topic that came up uh, with, uh, I think he's at Har- is he at Harby on Twitter? Let me see. At once Harby. At once Harby from Twitter had a really good uh, topic on injuries that we could go into a little bit. And then we'll talk about the uh, the two matches we have on the slate for Friday and Saturday, who we think the finals will be, what we think the line will be for that, and then... Uh, make predictions for the winner of MSI. So, uh, just to recap, let's take let's think about like groups. So, the f- what did you got? What were your guys' big takeaways from groups? Because to be honest with you, I th- I think we all kind of called it like st- like just dead on. My takeaway was that I was exactly correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in basically every way. Correct. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah, I think we yeah we were all pretty much in agreement. Uh, I know Calvin, you had a little bit more separation between IG and SKT and G two, and eh, you could argue that was that played out the way you thought, and or the other way around. I don't know. I uh, felt like it played out decently well the way I thought. I feel like the record did show how G two played. Agreed. Uh, they should. I some people will group up like, all right, you have clear IG SKT, which I thought, which I was like, all right, for sure them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I had G2 and then TL. You know what I mean? And then if you look at the standings in general, it's like, oh, shit, G2 and TL are, like, super close. Oh, wow, TL beat G2. You know what I mean? But to be honest, like, G2 really, you know. And actually, we're going to get into this once we talk about Harvey's topic. G2 definitely played a step higher than TL throughout the tournament, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I think they, they – to me, G2 – and this was, like, kind of always the 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 thing, but we, we can kind of encapsulate it in one phrase to me. is like, G2 has a higher ceiling than TL does. I think they're both really, really good, but we kind of saw shades of that ceiling a lot of times. We saw some of the floor, too, but um, – Chris, do you have any specific thoughts on groups? Because I was going to just ask you guys, like, who, who you thought your – who was an overperformer, who was an underperformer, teams, individual players – Approach to the mm. tournament. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I mean, the result came out close to our expectation. I think this yeah. was more or less what we kind of expected. I did enjoy the process of how they got there. I mean, who would have thought that G two would come right out, sweeps SKT, and then proceed to get swept by PVB? Yeah, yeah, right. Like uh, what was... that was fun. Yeah, that was absolutely fun for my bankroll. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Flash Wolves is giving me a little bit uh, something to watch for. I think they're going to be good for the summer a little bit. More yeah, things, I think but so, still, too. It's, it's still uh, clearly they're not there quite yet. They could have, I guess they, they could have resulted in the same like Flash Wolves, TL fighting for the fourth spot again like last year, but it didn't happen this way. And 
sort of happy about that. Uh, Team Liquid for for some after uh, listening to all the analysts and it was like they had the exact same record they had last year, but they actually made it past group, so yeah. happy for them. Uh, I think they did step up their game when needed, and G two actually did not when they could have locked down that second spot, which. You know, that boys, was boys, me. did we learn nothing from the regular season with G2? <laughs> did we not learn anything? <laughs> what happened in the regular season? G2 came out and smoked everybody. At the end of the around. season, once they locked up playoffs, they lost some games, and everyone told me that Origin was going to beat them. And then they came out and stomped everybody <laughs> when the playoffs happened. This is I accurate. Think, I think it's exactly what happened again. If you look at the comps that they played in the last few games, they weren't the same comps. If you look at how they played, they didn't play the same way. I really, I think that's exactly what happened. I mean, I think they would have won those games if they could have, but I think they were playing a different style and they were picking different picks and they were not trying to show anything that they had prepared for the playoffs. I'm expecting G2 to be stronger in the playoffs than they were in the last couple games. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, uh, and that's something we can talk about too. Is is I mean, I talked. To, I was going off on Twitter about it because I, I don't think I hit, I got anything involving IG right in this group stage. Like, just not like I got that they'd be good, and I got that they'd probably finish like in the top one or two. Just having to do with their actual games, just nothing right because they never do anything that makes like they don't do what makes sense. I and bet then, against them a lot. In this I did. I, I'll bet. I didn't bet against. I them, bet against them like <laughs> five or six times. DFS wise, I picked the other team. I got utterly <laughs> yeah. crushed on over-unders with them. Like, just absolutely <laughs> destroyed. Like, all right, so for those that don't know, so the over-under in almost every Invictus and in Fungu Buffalo's games were, like, between 31 and 33. I saw there was a 33 and a half was, like, the highest over-under I've seen in maybe yeah. ever. Like, well, this season anyway. Like that's an obscene kill total, thirty three and a half. Like that's nuts. So, yeah. like there was a lot of times where like like the the better in me is saying I I can't not bet that under. Like I just can't do it. Like and I hit on a couple of them, but G two and I G two and Fangbu and IG can't help. They can't help themselves. They can't I actually help. luckily made money betting against IG. I uh <laughs> I bet it was after they went six zero. I bet their last four games all against them. But I bet SKT larger than the other three because SKT seemed like a more realistic win uh, and their odds were slightly worse. But I actually ended up making money because I was betting small amounts on PVB and those guys because they were like plus 500. Yeah, so you don't yeah. have to bet big to win big. I was betting like 0.1 unit, 0.2 units. And then when SKT played them, I bet a full unit and won that. So I ended up making money despite going one and three. Yeah, I uh, I've thought I was getting absolutely destroyed in this tournament and ended up like okay like I'm up money on it I didn't think I was but Same. almost all on parlays and random other stuff but I got killed in the play-ins and I have absolutely dominated the main stage yeah I, it's it's so weird because like I was dead wrong about the play-ins but didn't like I was I ended up plus money there and I'm down money here so I have no idea like whatever it's <laughs> Um, I had some last day heartbreakers. I'll tell you guys. I had uh, I had flash wolves that hurt. I had flash wolves against them when that flash really wolves hurt. hard through, and there was a that was like they were like plus six hundred. <laughs> I had a full unit on them, so that was so like sad. Uh, yeah, they threw that, and then I also had <laughs> PVB against flash wolves in the very last game, oh, and, I, and that was oh. a big bet for me. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, these teams Tommy. are eliminated. They're they're at home. They're home. playing one last mm-hmm. game for the crowd. Like they're going to come out and win this. And then Flash Wolves takes Talon and Yasuo top, 
I'm just like, oh, baby, we did it, fam. And then PvP comes out <laughs> and stomps him at the beginning of the game with, like, give me the money, boys. Oh give me the money. Yeah. It's yep, crazy. Yep. So, and then they just lose. I, yeah, I think... Upset about that. Yeah, I think the, the Flesh Wolves one was a heartbreaker, but it kind of just should... Actually, we can side topic that for a couple minutes. So... I was talking a lot about this on Twitter, but uh, you see this with the great teams in, like, every competitive activity or great players in certain things. I talked a lot about on Twitter this week about, like, Fear Aura. It's like a fighting game community term, right? Uh, actually, I think – I don't know who coined it, but I first read about it from uh, Dave Serlin. He has a – Dave Serlin was a, a former Street Fighter pro, like, a long time ago. Like, we're talking, like, early 90s, mid-90s, right? And uh, he wrote a book called Playing to Win. And in that, he has, like, an entire chapter talking about, like, he calls it Fear Aura. And what a Fear Aura is is people change how they play based on the perception of another player. Like, fear. Like, or disrespect or whatever. It can go the other way, too. IG definitely have that. SKT, when they were in their prime, definitely have that. There's teams that they, they freak out. That's you can't explain what Flash Wolves did any other way. Like, yeah, I know they botched the Baron in in one of the games, like two games before that one, and maybe that's a problem they have. But there's no other way to explain that other than like they were just scared shitless, like straight up. Oh, I like, totally they, agree. They like, were just staring at an Ivern, just an Ivern. Yeah, they had absolutely like nothing. They, to they be thought they were going to lose. They thought 100 percent they were going to lose a one v three against yeah. Ivern somehow. They were, they were just like, oh my god, Ning's Ivern's going to one v four us. Like, what can we do? One v three, whatever it was. It was like really. I, that was it. That, the game was iced. I was. So, I was like, they can't lose this game now. And then they just panic. They just, but like good teams, you see, you see it in basketball. You see it in everything, right? There's just some some competitor. This is the one thing I do like about Fangvu, right? Is that Fangvu? I think Fangvu to me, they were definitively the worst team in this tournament. I think they were worse than Flash Wolves, and it's not just because the record says so. But the one thing I will give credit to uh, to Fangvu for is they they know who they are, and they do not back down. Like, they take the fight to you. They have no fear, and I respect the hell out of that, right? It's kind of why – it's a little bit why I would have rather seen, like, Vega in this tournament because they kind of have that same mentality. But well, the CIS regions historically always do. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, Flash Wolves, it's so weird. Like, how oh, they, they panicked that away. And I'll say that's also why some of these dominant teams get win rates that are so high yeah. is because not only do they have teams throw to them like at the Baron, but they also have things like what happened in IGSKT1 where if you, if teams are that scared of you, they draft weird comps yeah. trying to beat yeah. you and just end up losing. And so your win rate actually ends up higher than it should be because teams are doing weird stuff trying to beat you instead of just saying – Oh, we can beat them. Let's just play fair League of Legends. Exactly, and and it's it's a real thing. I just wanted to bring it up because it's definitely a real thing. There's no other way to explain that. It was an Ivern. It was an Ivern. It's like different if it's a Nunu or a Cho'Gath or like anything else. But it's a goddamn Ivern. He's not gonna do anything to you. Like I don't. Anyway. They got beat up by Daisy, man. Dude. Daisy like did the damage to them. So okay, go dude, ahead. Dude, and clearly, dude, Ning, I don't want to say he doesn't know what he's doing on that champion, but clearly I don't know. If you watch that game, he has clearly not played a lot of Ivern. Did you see the um somebody cut the uh 
cut the in-game, like, mini-map, and it was just, like, spammed question marks following Ning for the first, like, ten seconds of the game. The entire team was just spamming question mark things on him. Like, they were 100% trolling that. Like, the, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. The, now, the the cool thing about this is that it, it says all sorts of things about just how good Invictus are, that they can... I thought they got away with murder a little bit, and at least uh, I think Fangvu should have beat them, and they freaked out. Even they freaked out a little bit, although they just they to them it was more just a punt at the end, right? IG was not going super hard their no. last like four games, no. and they would, still were just yeah. killing people. <laughs> yeah, and, and like especially in that game, they were taking skirmishes with an Ivern on the team, which is just like not something you do usually. Like, I don't know they. They're very, very good, but they definitely got it. They, they should have lost two more games in this, and they didn't. But that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to briefly mention that concept because, like, I, I throw that term around a lot, and I figured I'd explain it a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. Like, it makes people draft. SKT. SKT. SKT for all their for all their strengths and weaknesses, they they are consistent, and they never do that kind of thing. That's why it was so jarring when they did the Sona Tarek, right? It was completely jarring because watching a team that is so steadfast, like historically so steadfast, Coma never – I've seen – like Coma loses drafts, but he's consistent and everything he does makes sense most of the time. It's just a matter of, okay, maybe the other team got a one-up on you. He's so – like I've never seen SKT do something that wild before, like ever. Uh, they were shook ever, before but, it started. They were shook before it started. Yeah, and and you know what? Maybe this is like the inverse mind game where they were just like, yeah, like this is only group stage. We're gonna get out. Like, let's try something. Maybe it was. Maybe it was that. Like, that's totally reasonable. But that is a very not Korean way of thinking. Like historically, for Korean League of Legends, they don't think that way. They try hard every game. They don't take games off. Well, at least SK Telecom doesn't. There's other teams that do. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Any other takeaways from groups? Uh, overperformers, underperformers, real quick. Let's go. Let's go down the line. Calvin, overperformers, underperformers for group stage. Overperformance. Yeah. Um, I think uh, we had this conversation earlier. It'd be impact, hard mm-hmm. carry, TL, probably every single game. Yeah, I'd agree. Impact was um, absolutely he was, phenomenal. He was great. Yeah. Underperforming. I feel like Zeros play like shit the entire tournament. As as hype as much hype as he got, in my opinion. I think that's um, a, it's it's. I don't mean to cut you off, but like as weird as weird as it sounds, because like I even though we group PVP last, I felt like first of all, I'm so, okay. Melios was sick. Was, yeah, like, he was not really like good. sick as not sick as it like good. But, like I mean, he was good when he came back, but yeah. sick isn't sick. So like they just didn't. I think that's the reason why that Zeros didn't play well. But there was a lot of other stuff that you know PVP yeah, they might really, have been thrown off. didn't do well. But I think just Zeros really underperformed to his expectations to everyone else who was – I was really hot at Zeros in general because he's, he's literally a hard carry. Uh, but, you know, he, he didn't play his best, best League of Legends the entire tournament. So I would say he underperformed. That's just something out of the – you know, something that probably no one would agree with me on in this podcast, in my opinion. So something well, out of the ordinary. I, I kind of agree with you. Like, just because – I didn't expect them to do well doesn't mean I don't expect individual players to play well. Like, yeah. I, like I kind of expected him to be <laughs> the shining light because, I don't know, I, I think Noel was just, like, outclassed really, really hard in this tournament. Oh, I actually have one more, more pick. I think Clid played really well this entire tournament. Oh, yeah, Clid well. was really good. Clid was, Clint I, he was, was the best beast. player on SKT. Yeah, Clid was definitely a beast. I 
I got two. Sorry, that's cheating. It's okay. Uh, well, no, I'm saying I'm not setting a number on it. I'm just saying, like, oh, okay. general overrated, underrated. Uh, Chris, how about you? Do you think any? It could be a team. It could be a lane. It could be a combination. It could be players. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the term overperform. Is it does it did it mean like they perform better than we expected or? Yeah, better like, better than you expected, and that could be someone you had high expectations yeah. for too. It doesn't need to be. Uh, well, let's see. The one that really I guess impressed me with that I didn't think would do well is pro- probably um sorry uh all right trying to get the dog in uh i would say clit clit is more most impressive it's consistent throughout the whole tournament and it was good um and then he stood out to me all tournament long uh the other were more were more uh, that Like uh, impact, yeah, yeah. Imp- Wi Fi, <laughs> it's all good. I think impact. Uh, like I don't know, John. Do you agree with this? Like I think I think we all kind of agree. Impact was really really good in this group stage. He he needed to step. Sorry, John. Before we get there, he needed to step up. I think TL had to realize that what they were doing was not working. So now they had to shift towards impact needing. Or no, X Smithy. That's the one that impressed me. I guess in the final few games, but not not either as an overperformer or underperformer. I think he would be key for TL to do something. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Overperformers, um, Fong Vu Buffalo. I honestly thought even getting a couple wins was was more than I expected from Fong Vu Buffalo, and especially against G2. I think Probably one and nine or zero oh and ten is more standard for them against the teams they were playing against, and Zeros in particular. Like you guys mentioned, people brought him in here and told me they would, that he was the great the great hope for this team, and uh, I'm not so sure he was the great hope for this team. I was not super impressed with Zeros at all. Um, underperforming by design, I think G2 underperformed. Like I think G2 would would get an extra win or two if they were playing their best in every game and doing the best that they could do. I think they would win an extra game or two. They would win both games. You could, argue, you could argue IG would have been the same thing, by the way. Yeah, I think, I think you could make an argument. Well, I think IG's average in this tournament, if they played these 10 games, is probably 9-1 and one or 8-2. and two. I think that's about yeah, right. Because they're, they're not the kind of team that just dominates people. I kind of talked a little bit on Twitter about teams like SKT and TL are both teams that are really good at punching down because they're so consistent. They're when they play hearts. teams that are worse, when they play teams that are worse than them, they almost always win because yeah. they're they're very consistent. They play solid League of Legends. They do the same thing every game, and if you can't beat it, then you're going to lose. Teams like IG and G2 are capable of easily losing to the worst team in the league if because they play so wild and erratic. They can definitely get snowballed on by anybody, and so I, I expect TL and SKT to win every game against teams worse than them. I don't expect IG and G2 to win. They're the kind of teams that are going to drop random games and make you go like, what? How did G2 lose to Rogue? Like, that kind of stuff is going to happen every once in a while. I don't see that happening that often with, with TL and SKT. So I, I think the G played about what I would expect, got about as many wins as I would expect. G2 got less wins than I would expect them to get. To some degree, I even think TL kind of overperformed. I think TL, I expect them to get four wins. Fongu Buffalo twice, Flash Wolves twice. 
maybe one that they steal off of G2 or IG. But So I expect them to get four or five wins. So they were did on the other TL get four wins? Yeah. They did. I, I had them getting yeah. five. five. Right. I had them getting I had them getting five before the tournament, and it was it was in that exact configuration, like two o two o, and then steal one from somebody I didn't know who. So, yeah. Um, I thought what was interesting too is like, it's really cool that that certain teams have character like that, right? Where you have, see, to me, it like always goes back to like the the historic Korean teams because they have just this mindset where it's just another day in the office, right? And they're seemingly incapable of burning out. I don't know if anyone's ever like talked about this before, but doesn't it? It doesn't it feel like some of these like some of these Korean teams they just don't burn out. Like they're dead serious all the time, and it's like I don't know how they do it. Like that's true. You don't see them uh, doing like the things that G two and IG did in the regular yeah. season, taking games off. And but they are slow starters sometimes. A lot of those Korean powerhouses. Yeah. But I also think it's, what's interesting too. It, this is like a really cool aspect of coaching in general is that for some teams it's right to let them have like clown around games like that i think so especially i think the personality on g2 and ig is perfect for that yeah, they're, they're I, the I kind agree. of guys that want to have some fun games and go out there and, and try to style on people exactly and they know what they're signing up for and there's equity there is a certain amount of equity in it like if you go out there and just like utterly trash someone on Heimerdinger, do you know how much draft equity you're going to get from that? Even if it never sees a ban or something, just the fact that it's in the back of their mind and they're spending precious seconds thinking about that on stage, like that matters, you know? Like, oh, the, so it's it's just a different approach and, and different things work for different people. You it's see the same players thing. too. Yeah. Like some players, if you went to them and said, like, you know, we got playoffs locked, like we're playing against Rogue next week, let's just like mess around and have a fun draft. They would be like, no, like I don't, I'm not going out there yeah. and losing a game to Rogue. Like we're gonna, like, yeah, it's like it's mad. like an honor thing to them. It's like, yeah, like they would be mad about it. And so yeah, it's different kinds of players too. Some people love to go out and have fun. Some people are, no, we need to crush this team. I'm not, I'm not going on Twitter after a loss to Rogue and listening to the comments I got on Twitter about exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, did you guys want to? Well, we can talk about uh, Harby's topic real quick. So, um, listener to the show uh, at once, Harby had a an interesting question for the four of us. He was talking about. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. And all right, yeah. So he says, uh, "I'll just read it." Something I haven't heard mentioned yet, but will be interested in you all exploring on the podcast. Are G2 having Mickey X play less mouse hand intensive champions like Tom Kench due to the injury? And could that be holding their drafts back some? And there was a big, long discussion between a handful of us. And uh, I I told him I'd bring it up on the show because I I thought it was kind of interesting because maybe I'm blowing this off a little bit too much. But I, I don't think that's the case here. Because if it was, if the injury, to me, if the injury was that bad, and it depends on what it is, too. Like, if it's tendonitis or if it's carpal tunnel, it could be, we don't know the specifics of it, right? Maybe somebody does. Do any of you know the specifics of this injury? They just said general wrist injury. Because to me, yeah, that's either carpal yeah. tunnel, wrist strain, or, like, tennis elbow, like tendonitis. Yeah, right? no, there's there's really no specific. Not even the guys at uh, Diphoria knows the exact nature of the injury, but... Yeah. It's just around that area. And that might be by design. But so, And we could take a little bit to go into this, and maybe I can because I've, I've done a little bit of coaching and I've dealt with some injuries myself. Um, the one thing I'll tell you is, and I mentioned this in the thread, is particularly – so mechanics kind of gets broken down into a couple different things. So when people say a player has good mechanics, there's a couple different aspects of it, right? There's movement. 
there's accuracy and there's input, right? So input is just the amount of things is the order in which you're doing things. That's when you get to the professional level, really when you get past like gold, input's not an issue anymore, right? It's just something that you have to know. Like that's research, you know how combos work, you know all this stuff, right? I'll let you know once I get past silver or even iron. <laughs> gotcha. Um <laughs> Then there's movement, which is where I would say 98% of every everything happens from a physical standpoint. Physically speaking, the most demanding thing about League of Legends is the amount of times you click the mouse and the amount you're moving the mouse, right? So, really, you're only clicking your keyboard a couple times, and even if you're spamming it, it's not that much. The majority of it is in your mouse hand and how much you're clicking, right? So... There's the sequencing your skills, there's the movement, which is the majority of it, and then there's the part that I think everyone... I don't know if there's like a misconception about this or what, but when we say there's a good uh, like a technique-perfect player or a good mechanical player, I think people tend to equate, like in their head, maybe this is like from StarCraft or something, but like APM, like if someone's doing like 200 actions per minute or something in League of Legends, 198 of those or 190 of those are mouse clicks. They're not... Uh, they're not like they're not inputting a Morgana Q fast. Keyboard, right? yeah. yeah. Like they're not. It's not like a shooter or or like StarCraft where like that can actually kind of function realistically. Like it's a direct transfer, right? So in the case of Mickey, the reason I bring this up is uh, so Mickey plays support, and I don't want to say like support champs are less mechanically demanding, but they are honestly a little bit less. A little bit less. Uh, you're not spamming as many skills uh the accuracy matters more and the positioning matters more so that's less that's more on your movement and more on your strategic mind for the game and i'm getting a little, kind of lost in the weeds here a little bit but the the point i'm trying to make is the difference between lee sin and tom kench isn't quite as great as people think at the professional level for you in solo queue even for like Platinum and Diamond solo queue players, like, there is a big difference, right? But for these professional players, they're all so good, and they wouldn't be playing if they weren't, like, technique or close to technique perfect, right? They're going to hit this stuff 99% of the time. Like, they're not going to botch combos. Anything that happens that, that looks – like, we say bad mechanical players, that's mostly to do with just, like, accuracy. So we think, like, Mad Life is a beast, right? Mad Life's, like, not mechanically that much better. He's just very accurate, right? So – um, Harvey brought up, and I'll, I'll bring this back to you guys in a second. Harvey brought up, uh, could this be impacting their drafts? Do you guys have any comments on that? Because I'll, I'll share my thoughts afterwards, but I want to break into it more. Going with what you said there, I think people might be surprised when you play two different kinds of champions how non-different what you actually do with your physical body is. So, like, even when your champion is, like, zooming around the screen doing all kinds of stuff like a Rakan in a team fight. You might be surprised how many times you're actually clicking anything or like as opposed to when you're playing something like Tom Kench. Your champion is doing a bunch of stuff, but really when you're when you're playing Rakan in a team fight, you're clicking W in one spot, you're clicking R or you're clicking R and then W depending on how good you are and how you do it. Maybe but you're flash. clicking two buttons, you're clicking one or two direction keys and then you're clicking an E back to your teammate. Is and like that's really it's really not that many different movements that your physical body has to do. It's your guy does a bunch of stuff on the screen, but it's really no different than being Tom Kench and telling him to walk over and hit somebody and then throw a tongue lash to the left and then eat your 80 carry. 
Like that's about the same amount of mouse clicks, even though Tom Kench was in one place the whole time and Rakan went all over the screen. It's yeah. really about the same amount of clicks. Yeah, I think don't get caught up in like how derpy a character looks or how flashy a character looks and equate that with certain things, right? Uh, like, yeah, there are champions that you need to input more skill. Like, you just need to input more times on Karthus, Cassiopeia, uh, Riven. Like, there's champions that you're literally clicking your skills more often because they're shorter cooldown. But not only is there a global cooldown in League, but there's also just, like, th th there's cooldown on the skills. You can only possibly be clicking your skills every couple seconds, right? So it's not like... It's it's this is a really long winded way of saying that I I don't think this is affecting their drafts at all because if the injury was so bad that it was affecting his way to play in that fashion he shouldn't be playing at all and he wouldn't be playing at all because the difference between him and Promise Q as good as as good as Mickey is mechanically speaking the difference between the two is probably nil like it's probably nothing it's negligible to us right the reason it works for the reason Mickey is so good because is because he has a good understanding of when he's stronger, when he has positioning, where he needs to be, especially support. It's it's so much about that. And really, at the pro level, everyone is so good at the basics that it's not about <clears throat> the basics anymore. It's about strategic stuff and decision-making more than anything else because everyone's so mechanically good. Yeah, once in a while, we see a guy like Shy who's just – even Shy – so here's an example. Even Shy, right? Is Shy that much mechanically better than, like, Hauntzer or Soaz – I know people like to think so. Probably not, right? He's really not. Definitely is compared to Soaz, but not most people. <laughs> the, 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 point, oh, the point I'm trying to make is I think people tend to like think, oh my god, the shy clicks so fast and he never misses his things or whatever. It's so much more about decision-making than just, like how fast you're clicking things, right? Yeah, I think it's just more how a certain player plays a champion instead of how fast you can click. Yeah. It's like, and like you said, if he was, if he was, if he was hurt, if he was actually hurt, I'm pretty sure G2 wouldn't mess with that in group stage. Yeah, and he wouldn't be playing at all. Like, it, but also they did. I think they just played more towards the top half. I think Caps had a really good. I think Caps played well at this international event. Obviously, than last year's Worlds. So yeah, he kind of got bodied by Rookie and Faker a little bit, but that's oh, a know. little bit. But then he came back strong. It's also to be expected. It's rookie and faker, so um, I think pretty much the same thing. I think their drafts are being affected by the fact that they're scared that their bot lane is going to get crushed, and so they're playing safe bot lanes. Yeah. Or on the other side of the coin, also possibly considering having him play some weird stuff in the playoffs, and just want to put him on very safe, boring bot lanes, so nobody gets any idea nobody of what what he might yeah. be doing. I think I thought it was a lot more about that. I didn't think Perks and Mickey were doing very well against a lot of the other bot lanes, and I thought they were putting them on that just. You guys play safe down there. We'll let Wonder and Caps and, and Yankos do their thing in the yeah. top half. Yeah, I think this is – it's it's not as much uh, – I think the example used was like a pitcher having a blister and can't use a pitch, which I thought was like a reasonable like concept uh, to think about. But really, <laughs> you're pressing maximum of 10 keyboard keys – with like alt included and stuff like that, and then it's all movement on your mouse. I don't think the physical it affects endurance more than like more than it can, more than it affects actual like champion. Like the champion doesn't matter. It's just the only thing it affects is his ability to practice long periods of time, like his stamina and his endurance, right? And maybe there's something to be said for you know maybe he's not playing. Maybe he's not playing Riven or Karthus or Kaz, like some of those champs I mentioned that like have spam abilities, right? 
Maybe he's not playing those champions. But, like, even then, like, the difference between, like, a champion spamming their abilities... Like, Karthus Q has... Lit- I'm, it's the example I use, the example I'm familiar with, right? Because if you don't know, I'm a Karthus main. Karthus Q is the, just the global cooldown. So second, right? So I can, I can press Q every second. I am pressing my mouse five times for every Q I throw, or, you know, two, two and a half to five times for every Q I throw. And that's, like, a champion that spams his abilities, right? So... It doesn't. I don't think it, it's not affecting his champion movement. It's just affecting his ability to practice less. So maybe it's affecting like the breadth of his pool. But again, I, I don't think it does because these these players have such deep champion pools, and just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. You know. Um, I, don't know, I, I just thought it was an interesting topic. You guys, any anything more to add on to that, or you guys want to move on to the uh, the matches? Yeah, we, we better hit the games. We only got a little bit left before some people got to go. All oh, good. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, thank you for the topic, though, Harvey, because if anybody else wants to contribute ideas for topics, we're always open to it, because we're ob- always open to talk about other things, too, and we're going to have some uh, some preseason stuff and all that, but we're always open Definitely to Definitely do, man. Topics. I really appreciate when people stick in with some with some comments on the show. Love, love the them. audience participation. Love it. Right? We welcome questions, we welcome <clears throat> comments, we welcome people learning about this sport. And speaking of audience interaction, review us on iTunes, because that improves the visibility, so let's go. <laughs> um... We have two games on the slate, and then there's going to be another one for Sunday that we obviously won't know the lines for until we know the actual event, but we'll talk about that later. The first game we have on Friday morning is Invictus Gaming against Team Liquid. Invictus is minus 3,333. Wow. Uh, Team Liquid are plus 978 in case that number mattered. Plus eleven hundred on Bovada. That's insane. Uh, all right, look. First of all, <laughs> all right, look. First of all, no, no one's betting minus three thousand anything, unless it's like, oh, the sun's gonna come up tomorrow. Like you know, like there's this, you know, like gravity. Yeah, gravity. Right. Like, it's like <laughs> you don't you don't touch that number. But one of the things we can talk about is some of the other stuff, right? Um, I'm gonna pull these up real quick because it just slugged me out. Give me one sec to pull these up. Okay, so uh, these are from Bet Online, but obviously shop around because uh, different books are going to have different lines. Obviously, John just said Liquid's plus eleven hundred. So, what are they, is it minus five thousand on Bovada? Uh, I'd have to look again. Yeah, I didn't even look like at that. their line because it was obviously not going to be playable. Yeah. So the Invictus ready for so the Invictus t- minus two point five. The Invictus three zero. All right, so we'll just go with the Invictus three zero because the odds are. Better, quote unquote. The Invictus 3.0 is minus 204. So bet 204 to win 100 on, on the exact 3.0. I, I have to take liquid here on principle, right? I'm just going to tell you guys that I'll, I'll, I'll lay out my exact bets right now. So you, everybody that's looking for the blog post, you get a free, a free preview here, right? Uh, so I'm on, I'm on team liquid here. Uh, I'm going to do, Game one plus four nineteen, the over three and a half because it's a little bit better than the plus two point five at plus one seventy nine for two and a half, which is like a moderate wager for me. And then the exact IG three one for a unit. To me, I actually think Liquid are really really good, and it's not just that. I'm not going to say IG aren't going to take this game seriously, but IG have a style that's really volatile, and they punt games all the time, and. 
Yeah, ver- IG could very well come out and stomp this series in under, like, 75 minutes or something, like SKT did with Griffin. Like, that could easily be the case here. But, I don't know. I Liquids looked really, really good, despite their record. Like, they've looked very, very good, and I think they can take a game. So, really, I think what this boils down to is do... And I'll just t- I'll hand this to you guys. Does any do you guys think Liquid Liquid can get, uh, get a game? And do you think that's likely? I say yes. Like they look how good likely? Against, I'd say like ninety percent. They actually look good against. Even though I don't know how IG was taking them serious, but I mean, like you said, IG just. Oh man, it's tough because we don't even know. I don't. We don't even know what IG is going to do. That's the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> they could literally come out. And just completely stomp on them, or we'll just be like half-assed the entire series. And like, all right, we're just ten times better. You know what I mean? We'll just mess around a little bit, and then decide to stop them. So I think I, I like I like that game one win for TL, and then IG afterwards is just gonna three-one them. Yeah, they'll just batting down the hatches and be like, all right, fine. I guess we gotta try. But like I said, no TL TL looked good against them. It's just yeah. that. Especially in game that, one. The one Baron, yeah, just the one Baron that, that Invictus got both times, actually, I'm pretty sure, that they were down, and then, you know, and they, they just won the game, just pushing their base. That was really it, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd say TL, 90% chance to win game one, but I expect... Game IG one or just win. one game? I, I, no, I think game one, game one, for sure. Oh, wow, then, so, plus 419 on, on map one, where I'm at. I like that, I like that, so... And then three one after that, I think IG after game one is just gonna just hammer it down and then just show everyone like, all right, you know, like we do have holes, but like we're not as bad as people probably would, you know, think against NA, especially how much NA gets, you know, like how much crap they get in general. I don't know if IG really cares or not, but I'm pretty sure after losing SKT and then you know seeing how they're gonna draft game one against TL, TL is definitely gonna do their homework the next few days and. They're gonna, you know, they're actually they're gonna go full board, and I, I don't expect IG to do that at first. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think the other thing to talk about too, and I'll I'll go to Chris next on this. Uh, TL and SKT are kind of similarly minded teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they approach the game in much the same way. It's just one has better players. So, I think and better strength and competition, I guess. But uh, so. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think they're going to be taking this like super try hard, and I expect them to take a game. Whether that's game, I I took game one, but it could be game three after IG two zero and they bust out Timo or Garen or some nonsense, right? And maybe there's a chance that they just three zero anyway. But I'm willing to bet against that because at these odds, you can't. It's hard to say no to it, right? Uh, so, Chris, what do you what do you think? Do, what do you think the odds are that T that TL gets a game? Like, oh, give man, a percent I- on it. Yeah, I just have to like. I mean, if 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 IG were looking down on TL, which I don't think they were throughout this whole group stage. I mean, I kind of get the feeling that IG could play around with Flash Wolves and Fungu, as you can tell what those crazy score. Yeah. But with TL, didn't let up, so there probably was some level of respect, maybe. Uh, which really, if they continue to play that way, three is a more likely outcome. I think there is a. Very small uh, win condition for TL. I think they talked about it in Dive 4, and I forgot about what it is. But uh, particular uh, composition and the ability to win in team fights, not try, you know, 
something that they're not good at, like, you know, trying to be a Korean team, trying to do whatever they do in the past. Uh, they got to try something different, which is something not not in Team Liquid's forte. So uh, the betting odds are good, and I have to give you that. There is a really a good chance, like you mentioned. I think I foresee a 2-0, then they drop one just because, and then finish it off with a 3-1. So that's the scenario instead of, like, TL taking the first game. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and that makes total sense too. I just wanted to pick one thing on. I, I, I just gotta, I gotta call you on one thing because I actually think Team Liquid have been adjusting and trying new things, and they've been, you know, basically testing the water because, and they've been doing it all season, right? They haven't had to, but they do it anyway. And I think even in this tournament, they've they drastically shifted how they approach the game against Fong Vu, and it, I mean it worked, right? They knew that if they just like rolled over and died in the first, you know, 20 minutes of the game, they were going to get run over and they didn't. They took it to them. They've, you know, fought fire with fire. Not, not necessarily like the crazy skirmishes fighting all the time, but they knew that they had to pick, you know, lanes with good priority, jungler that wasn't going to get run over. And they, they knew that. So they've shown a willingness to adjust and they've executed pretty well on that. I I don't yeah. think they need to try any. I don't think they need to try anything new. Maybe, maybe they do. I think they can play straight up and take a game. I have a lot of respect like, for Team Liquid. Yeah, I'm. It, and maybe I misspoke. It's not like they didn't try to adjust, which they did. Again, Xmethy being more taking more initiative, needing to play the early game, which is what led to their last two wins. Because the whole group, like they they were just fighting so passively and early, thinking that they could scale up, which. You, they, they drop some of the more embarrassing games because of trying to do that. So, yes, definitely adjustment, but I don't expect them to try crazy, you know. They're not going to be happy like a G2 yeah. are capable of. Well, that, but, I, that yeah. I'd agree with. Yeah, so Team Liquid, they, they need to... They, they have a lot to overcome. Yeah. So, if you had to put a percent on it, what, what's the percent that they take a game? So, uh, Maybe 50. At, at the most at the ceiling 15% okay uh, John what about you thoughts comments so, concerns <laughs> I already uh, I already made my bets um, I I did bet on the team liquid money line at plus 1100 um, it's hard to say no to that man. <laughs> when, two, when two good teams are playing I think there's like at least a 1 in 11 chance that like Ning got one hour sleep last night and just ints every game or yeah. Rookie slept with Balan's girlfriend, and they just come out to be like, <laughs> like there's just a one in eleven chance for like weird acts of God like that. And so I'm I'm happy to to take a, a plus eleven hundred pretty much whenever if it's two good teams playing each other. So let me pick one um, thing. I'm going to pick you. I'm going to call you on this now too. Okay. So do, do you? Because I don't think that has to actually happen for Team Liquid to take a game. I think no, that would need to happen game. for them this to take for the, a series. This is the money line right okay, here. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Got Plus 1,100 on the money line. But I've also bet Team Liquid in the first three games, all between plus 400 and plus 500. Uh, so basically, and this is something I think beginning bettors should really look into as well. Is, I don't. Well, I just don't think that... I don't think they're likely to win any of those games, and I don't think they're likely to win the series. But I need very little to happen to make money. And there are now, so I put myself in a scenario where when Team Liquid wins a game, I make decent money because I'm plus four to plus 500 minimum. And if somehow the the miracle happens and they win, I just make boatloads of money. Yeah. Like just, just a whole well, bathtub full of money. And all I need to do is win one game in order for me to make good money. So they get if they get 0-3'd, I lose a little bit. 
if they win one game, I make as much as I've lost. And then if they win the series, I just buy a new house. Yeah, so exactly. Like, uh, I mean, it's it's giving me a scenario where the, the downside is not really that bad. The upside is huge. And I think they're about 50% to take a game. And if they're about 50% to take a game, then these are good bets. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel good about the whole thing. And if they come out and get 3 0 I mean, I think that's reasonable as well. They're, I think it happens about 50% of the time. But I'm putting myself in enough good spots there. I don't mind when that happens. So yeah, I think I think one way to look at it too is if you're getting plus four hundred or plus five hundred. So let's say plus four hundred for example, right? If you're getting plus four hundred for each of the first game, first three games, look at that as like a separated plus twelve hundred bet, where it's like a three leg, you know, it's like a three leg bet, right? Where all you need is one of them to hit, and you're going to be up. If you hit one and the other two miss, you're still up money. Yeah, like, think about it this way. If you put a if you put one unit on each one of those bets, then when one of them wins, you win more than you lost. Yeah. And that, exactly. that's that's all you need. Exactly. Um any other comments on this one? Nope, let's go to the last nope. one with our remaining right, time. This here. one is way more interesting. So we have SK Telecom minus three oh three against G two esports plus two seventeen. Uh oh, let me get the handicaps real quick. The handicap is so SKT minus one point five is at minus one forty one. The plus one point five for G two is plus money at plus one oh eight. We'll go in verse, reverse order this time. John, what do you think on this one? These are this is a five game series for me. I think no matter I don't think either team is gonna come out and stomp this series. I think G two is gonna win some games where they do some weird stuff. SKT is going to win some games where they have better players, and so they win the game. And so I have G2 bet, and I have G2 bet in each game, the same way I did with Team Liquid, um, for very similar reasons, except this one I have some confidence that I'm going to win some in-game bets, some yeah. single-game bets on G2. I'd be really surprised if either team just came out and won 3-0, to be honest with you. I think what's really interesting about both of these series, now there's a bit of maybe a bit more of a gap between IG and Team Liquid, but what's interesting about both of these series is it's like Thunder it's like Fire versus Ice, right? In both of these series, right? You have you have the contr- more controlled discipline team and then you have like the wild will do anything team on in both games. It's actually kind of interesting. Now, I think SKT and G2. So, I'll put it this way before we go to you, Calvin. For you guys, did the group stage change your thoughts on our tier list, like SK Telecom and G two, are they in the same tier? Like I know me and John had them both. I know Calvin, you had G two, like half a tier below them. Uh, did did the group stage change your thoughts on that, or did it more or less like confirm what you thought? Uh, I think it. I'm sticking to it. Still confirm on what I thought. My original thought. Yeah. So if that's the case, and the reason we keep talking about this is like this is the concept of value based betting, right? Like VBD or whatever you want to do for for. DFS spreadsheeters out there, right? Um, in this case, if we think these two teams are relatively even, there's no reason not to take G2, even if you think SKT is going to win. Like, if you think SKT win, like, what are the implied, implied odds on this? It's, like, crazy, right? 65%, right? Something like that. Which is, like, maybe a little bit close. Like, if you think this is 60-40, it's still worth betting G2. I think it's closer to, like, 52-48. I think whatever team is playing better that day is going to win this win this series. So let me bring something up here from public perception. So coming into this playoff, 
I have not found a person that thinks G2 is going to win this series. Everyone has told me SKT is going to win this series. Yeah, I think those people are crazy. We thought we thought IG, SKT, and G2 were roughly the same tier, right? Yeah. Okay. Who who performed the worst against the other members of that tier? SKT did. They went yep. one and three. They won one out of four games against this tier. G2 went two and two, and IG went three and one. So and they lost both games specifically to G2. Mm-hmm. So you can think SKT is going to win the series. I have no beef with that, but I'm very surprised that everybody all of a sudden is telling me that SKT is definitely going to be G2. They lost both games to them, and they performed worse against this tier than G2 did. So I, I know they, they looked good in the later games, but who did they look good against? Yeah, they, they beat up on Team Liquid, and they beat up on Flash Wolves, and they beat up on Fongvu Buffalo. But I, I, don't, I think people are overrating that they looked really good against the worst teams in the tournament. They they look fantastic against the best teams in the tournament. You they actually lost. took my uh, you basically took my reasoning on what I was going to do with my bet. I was going to bet. Uh, I was actually going to. I said three one in the chat, but then I look at these odds and just looking at how G two really didn't show too much, but SKT did, and I think G two actually I think way better. Uh, once they play against each other, I was actually going to put uh three two SKT. I think that uh two and a half or G two or one and a half for G two is easily a solid bet. And I mean if the odds are that good for G two, I'm gonna bet them as well. You know I mean I mean why not? Because, like I said, it's gonna be a lot closer than what people think. Agreed. And it's not because like uh you know, obviously SKT has better players, but I think just G two fundamentally as a team, especially when it comes to team fights I think they're they have they definitely have the upper hand. You know what I mean? Actually, I don't know that they're bottom good. Lane, it's it's, it's two it's, are it's, really good. good. <laughs> That's yeah, what good. It's, That's... it's as simple as that, right? Like, and again, like yeah. you have two. Re- just the implied odds on this. I was I had the numbers mixed up. It's seventy five percent. Well, seventy five and change, right? Is SKT really seventy five percent to win this series? Even if you're optimistic about SKT, I, see, I'm optimistic about SKT. I think the longer a tournament goes, the better they get. I'm optimistic about SKT, and at most, I think this is like 60%. At most. And it's really probably close to like 55-45. I think, I agree with John. I think we're going to get a 3-2 or like a, what's up? what do we do, like our, our, our decimal or half games or whatever. I think this is like 3-1.8 to 1.8 games or something like that for SKT. Maybe more than that. Maybe it's like 3-2 to 2 point something, right? I think G2, it would not surprise me at all to see G2 win this. Uh, the only thing that would be surprising is a 3-0 either way for this. But even that's possible because if G2 just come out and they have some strategy that SKT just can't deal with, it would not surprise me in the least to see G2 sweep. And I know that sounds insane because it's SKT and these are two two of the you know, maybe five best teams in the world right now. But just like by the nature of how these two teams play – like. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And it wouldn't surprise me to see SKT win 3-0 or 3-1 either. I think G2 is more likely to 3-0, even though I think SKT is probably a slight favorite to win. I'd make it like 55-45 for SKT to win, yeah. but G2 I think is way more likely. Because when they win, when they win the series, it's like you said, it's because they have a strategy or style that SKT can't handle. When mm-hmm. SKT wins, they're going to win the standard games, and G2 is going to try their hardest not to make any of the games standard. Agreed. And I think it's really unlikely that three games in a row that SKT just wins with a standard style. And if SKT experiments, I think G2 slaughter them. If SKT comes out with weird stuff, so I think they get slaughtered. 
Well, I think the the other aspect to this too is like maybe like G. I don't. Even, I think people just assume G. Like people talk about G two like they're this cheese team, and they're not. Like G two could play this series straight up against SK Telecom, and it'd be like a good series, and they maybe they'd win. Like they're a very very good team. Well, just, when I say weird stuff too, I even mean like one three ones, yeah. split pushing, backdoors. Like not even necessarily just cheesy stuff. I think their decision making is better. They're more and I think creative. They're on the fly decision making yeah. is way better. And so they they can just win in a lot of ways. Where I think SKT wants to go. Okay, we get through laning phase this way, and then we take the dragon, and then we set up the vision, and then we take the baron. And if the games go very cookie cutter like that, SKT gets an advantage. But the weirder things get, the better it gets for G two. That's true because if they already have like strategy or a plan going in, like we'll do this, do this, do this. I mean, if it, if one spot falters because, like you said, if G two does something crazy, then their tech, quote unquote game plan is going to go out of whack, and they're, it's not like they can't adapt. But it's it's going to be like, okay, what are they going to do next? You, know, you got to adapt like, on the spot as opposed to you get like a couple of days to think about it, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, like who's more likely to who's more likely to sneak a Baron in this series? Like it's it's G two. Like who's more likely to do any of those kind of weird things? SKT is is likely to play very straightforward. Yeah, G2 right by the book. Lots of tools that they can use to exploit that. And they might they might lose the series, but I, I would be very surprised if they didn't at least get a game. Yeah, so I think uh yeah. I, I mean just the uh, like if I'm 55-45, we're getting 10% worth of value in this. So I'm going to be at least moderate on G2 plus 1.5 is plus money and then the money on. Chris, did you have uh any any specific thoughts on this one? And we can bring up, yeah. I can bring this up to you guys too. Like, uh, you can tag into this afterwards, Chris. Like, once so, say your points on the series, and then go right into any kind of drafting. Are they going to do any kind of drafting setups for um, the whole weekend slate? Is it just like a combined slate? I didn't look yet. It's a combined slate. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, uh, talk about this series, and then you can go into like what your what your thoughts are for the the whole series. Um, say that again. Go. So, what what are your thoughts on this series in general? Oh, okay, for just the series. Yeah, um, I think it's very dangerous because I kind of agree with John coming into this thought. It's going to be a 3-2 series. And I think people might be... You know, you and I were defenders of Korea, but uh, honestly, I feel like a lot of people are just holding on to like the Koreans, what they did to dominance, so they should have this benefit of a doubt yeah. going in here. Uh, and even coming into MSI, when you remember the futures, SKT was... Uh, favor to win, right? Uh, yeah. This whole group just showed me how far away SKT is from really, even even if their last game beating IG, they're they're not quite there yet. And I give G two every chance to win, and the odds are good. I think after you put it out, the odds was fantastic, and I would, if I'm a betting man, I would go G two. I have a better chance of profiting. So, so do you think like just put like a percent on it, like just put mm-hmm. a bow on this? Like, what do you, what are, what are G 2s what, What's the spread? Like, or what's the difference? Like, is it G two? Is it fifty fifty? Is it G two fifty five? Is it SKT fifty? Like, what? Put a number on it. I, I think I like what you put out. Sixty forty sounds about right at the most. Okay, sixty forty. Yeah. So for SKT um, or for G two? For SKT, okay. uh, you still have to think that you know Clit is playing out of his mind and Baker isn't doing bad. He's not doing much. Stats wise, but he's doing a lot. Yeah, he's always. If <laughs> he is everywhere. on a carry, if he's on a carry, like the last game where he was on rise, yeah. that's the faker I want to see. And I don't know if they're gonna bring it out immediately, but that's the. I, I would rather him be on those kind of champ than trying to be a wave, a, a wave clearer, a 
CS killer. Um, but honestly, I, I think this would be a fun series to watch. And um, and you, all you guys said things were true. G2 is not a cheese team. They're not winning through smoke and mirrors. They are a creative team. They are adapting on the spot team. So that um, is really what's the most fun it's going to be in this series is because we're watching a a, a sort of like a different style clashing and we're going to have to see who comes out on top and I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be definitely highly entertaining in a 3-2. Yeah. I, I will be no, on so the SKP side. We've seen G2 just in general play that mid to late game like real well. Like You yeah. see how many times like they've been 5k down, you know what I mean? Literally at their inhibitor and one that their team fight, I'm their team fight, and then what they're able to do after and just bring the game back, even in, at this international stage. Uh, who were they playing? They were just getting stomped on. I mean, they almost kind of came back for a little bit, but I forgot who it was. But it's the same they thing here. Always find it, a way if they, they do it domestically, if they're doing it domestically and they're doing it now internationally. And you know, we know that SKT is a mid to late game team as well. But I just like I said, the team fighting. The team fighting team in G2 is going to outweigh SKT in some scenarios unless SKT, like I said, can adapt. You know what I mean? If, if they don't play that one-dimensional, then I think I said SKT 3-2. But so G2 really has a good chance to take this take the series, though. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll bring this up real fast for you guys because John had to get up for a second. Um, any thoughts on uh, lineup building for this weekend? Uh, I know you guys are like the DraftKings gurus and everything, so... Uh, any specific thoughts, or is it like I, I haven't looked at the salary, so I'm I'm blank. It, it, explain, teach me, like explain, like I'm five, right? The the lineup building for this weekend. So this weekend you have IG SKT. Basically, IG is it's so expensive. Like I don't. If people think IG is going to win, okay, and I guess I'm basically really giving out my line to be honest with you. If you really, okay, if you think IG is going to win. Like three two or three one three zero, like you're trying to fit them as much as you can. Okay, so the problem is if I'm saying that G two is going to go two three, and it's going to be low scoring anyways. I think that game or low kill, sorry, not low scoring. The you know it's going to be a little bit low, uh, low low kills and stuff like that. So I'm going to take the G two side because they're super cheap. Goes three two. Let's say maybe G two has twelve kills both games and then. T- and then SKT has like ten kills both games, and SKT still wins. In the long run, when it goes to game five, no one gets the bonuses, so G two technically has an upper hand. So, I really just gave up my life. <laughs> well, not necessarily. So, yeah, Chris, what you, what's your thoughts? It's not necessary. Uh, one thing I will say throughout this stage, and I don't know if you guys agree, I think DraftKings actually did a good job with the salary. It's much looser, and so it creates a lot of overthinking, a lot of different combinations. Um, possible in building a lineup. Uh, I think the outcome will be important in how you construct your lineup, like you mentioned. We expect maybe a 3-1 for the IGTL game and a 3-2 for the SKT uh, G2 game. That could affect how, uh, which player and which spot you want to play in. So that's something to give yourself to think about. Um, so, but in essence, if you, it's, it is still possible to stack, um, the two favorites, IG and SKT. Uh, it's going to be a very narrow type of combination uh, choices that you have. Maybe one or two lineups. I've so far I've experimented with that. 
And so that means if that is the outcome, Jeez. you're going to be chopping a lot with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You're going to be splitting the winnings. Um, but if you have um, an upset or uh, maybe even a, un, a, a an outcome that nobody thought about, you can separate yourself from the field so big because I think it's it's going to be massively over owned on IG. And just play Duke. We'll just have to figure out. I'm definitely going to uh, play a Team Liquid lineup. Play Duke. I, play um, Duke top lane. I <laughs> definitely like G2 a lot for this DFS slate. For people that are talking, uh, that want to hear the DFS stuff, there's a lot of reasons. Number one, in games that SKT win, just a second, sorry, guys. John's got a little bit of dog egg right I think I, think I could in games, jump in a little bit. Yeah, uh, go ahead, John. In games that... that uh, G2 win, they will get a lot more kills than in games that SKT win. It's just the style Agreed. that they play. Yep. So assume, let's assume this goes five games. Assume this goes five games. Um, in the games that G2 wins, they might get 15 to 18 kills. In the games that SKT wins, they might get 11 kills or 12 kills. At the end of the series, when you total up the total number of kills in the games, G2 might be right there, even losing a 3-2 series to SKT. So that gives you a, a number of different ways in which the, the G2 side ends up better. I think if you play SKT IG, the only way you're going to win the tournament is you need SKT to win 3-1 or better. If they, if they only yeah. win 3-2, I, I, I don't think you're getting a, a positional loss. When you play IG and SKT, you're going to have to have two supports in your lineup, as opposed to when you play uh, G2, you can get two junglers. Yeah, just because the salary so high. Yeah, you can get guys that are going to farm in all those games. In long best of series, farm adds up big time over the course of yep. four or five games. Definitely Supports does. Not farming really can you can have support games where their team Who's wins and they get. Carries? Yeah, you can have support games where they get three points in a win because they just weren't there for the kills and they didn't farm all game. So I know I really like G two and DFS, even if you think that SKT is going to win the series. So. Yeah, right, I'm going to cool. jump in quickly before I signed off, um, and I agree with John. When it comes to games, and over the last few times that I've seen that went to game five, the difference in scoring between the winner and the loser of that particular game was not significant. And so uh, I would agree with John. If if that game pushes to game five, G2 could be losing and still outscore SKT. So I'll leave off with that. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for having me. I will see you on the next show. Chris, good luck with the move. Uh, drop your pick of the week in Twitter if you get a chance and we'll uh, put it on the sheet for everybody. Um, Not too many... Oh, yeah, he'll put it in right now. um, Not too many options for picks this week. I mean, there is. It's a best of five. So uh, real quick, we'll go over last week's, and then we'll... um, So last week, I had Liquid minus 180 against Flash Wolves. That hit. John had G2 minus 195 against TL. That also hit. Uh, Chris had nothing because he was out. Calvin had G2 plus 240 against IG, and that missed. What do we got for this week? John, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, my pick for this week, I'm going to take G2 in their first game against SKT, which on Bovada is plus 150. Um, Seriously? Yeah. Uh, I really like G2. Oh, yeah, that's about right. Never mind. Yeah, I really like G2 in game one. Although the only thing that throws this back a little for me is that they've already played two games against SKT, so in a sense, this is like game three between them. Yeah. But I still like G2 in a game one scenario. That's when the you can catch them the most off guard. 
and G2 is the best at catching people off guard oh, at the whole tournament for me. So I'm going to take G2 game one at plus 150. I like that pick. Cal, what about you? I'm going to take uh, Team Waco to take game one plus, what is it, 450, right? Yeah. <laughs> you always coming in with these obscene talks. Yo, for what it's worth, I already bet that. Like, I'm already in on that. So what? I, I've also bet that. So it's pick of the week, and it's a consensus bet that people are making. So. Yeah, so maybe that's our uh, – what's I'm trying to think? What's, like, bet the board or uh, – what's the Ross Tucker one, dude? The, the – the locks or whatever, like every when they when they share an opinion on one, it's just, it's the lock of the week or something like that. So, I I also like uh, liquid plus four nineteen for game one. Uh, oh, you said game one, right? Not game three. game one, yeah. Okay, you said you you like the game three. Yeah, well, I like I like the John approach too of of just betting all three because if they hit one, it doesn't you you net money. True. Right? Yeah, that's true. So, true. and if you hit two, you're just like kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm actually. I'll just tell you straight up too. I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay G two plus one and a half and Team Liquid or the over three and a half. Oh, so I'll just do my pick. So my pick of the week is gonna be the uh, Team Liquid IG series to go over three and a half maps. So um, and that's actually better odds than the TL plus two point five for some reason. So wow. that happens from time to time, but we'll take advantage of. It. We'll get the extra four points. But basically, I'm covered. Whether if Team Liquid just three zero, some miracle happens or whatever. Uh, as long yeah. as so, as long as it's four, at least four maps, we're good. So, and I think I feel very strongly that TL is going to take a map, even if not everybody agrees with me. So that's going to be my pick of the week. I'm also going to be parlaying that plus G 2s uh, that and G two plus one point five for a very very fancy. A quick mention there. on something that you mentioned earlier, Gelati, but the fans would want to know because this is something I do very commonly that I don't think enough people do. You mentioned it just briefly, but when you take a team at like plus 500 before the game starts, like I do with TL here, if they ever get a lead in that game, you can bet IG and guarantee yourself profit. Absolutely. Like if, yeah. if the game runs out and, and TL gets a 2000 gold lead at some point, IG will be plus 150 and you can just smash IG and then you're up a bunch of money you automatically. Either way. Yeah. It's, it's like, a, it's like an inverse hedge. Yeah. It's called arbitrage and it's, it is something when you see a line that's this blasted, especially in a best of five, that's like plus four hundred, plus five hundred. All you need is TL to get first blood, and you can snap and you can snap IG. IG's odds will change to the point where you can bet them profitably and have both sides. So that's another big reason to bet these. Like even in the series, their TL was plus eleven hundred. If they win game one, IG will go to being an underdog most likely or or even money-ish. And then you can smash IG and you make money both sides. So yeah. think about that kind of stuff when the lines are this big, especially. Yeah, because you're, you're seeing movement that even if you're not wagering a lot of money, like that's relevant. Like the gaps are relevant enough to be like, okay, like this, this arbitrage is worth the effort to do, right? A lot of times it's like, okay, it's a couple of dollars difference, no big deal, and it only matters to people betting large amounts, right? But – this is this is easy. Especially these are going to be great series. They're going to be awesome series. Well, I think both of them are going to be good series. And even if Invictus ends up like three three one, I think it, Team Liquid's going to be competitive. I think. And then the G two SKT series looks like a doozy. It's going to be a good one. Um, sign offs. <laughs> I didn't think of anything. So if anyone thought of one, uh, oh, I got one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a TV series this week. I'm go- I'm doing the uh, going back to like the week one status, right? So, everyone's talking about Game of Thrones. I won't spoil anything. But, we had the final episode on Sunday. 
and everyone's all excited about Game of Thrones. I started watching the other miniseries that I saw advertised for Game of Thrones uh, on Game of Thrones. Uh, HBO has a miniseries out. There are two episodes in on Chernobyl, and man, oh man, is it good! Uh, it's super duper heavy. Like it's really, really, really heavy content. So you got to be like psychologically ready to to sit down with it. But the cinematography is outstanding. Uh, the props, the set, like all that stuff. It's it's like a period. It's it's in Soviet Ukraine. <laughs> like that's it. They do everything spot on. The writing's excellent. They do a good job of not making it all about the actual occurrence. There's enough of that, but talking about you know how everything else, like the hiding the information and how the government handled it. It's super good. Uh, there are only two episodes in. The second episode just came out yesterday. It's outstanding so far. I'd highly recommend it. Little on the heavy side, so if that's not your thing, then you know pass on it but if you're if you, if you can handle that kind of thing it's it's outstanding i'd highly recommend it okay well i actually my friend talked about that to be honest i thought it was like a documentary but he told me it was a show so i'm gonna have to check it out i was actually intrigued by this or by like just the whole thing like i actually watched <laughs> another tip this is actually kind of a cool tip <laughs> for kids who actually for people who are in college or something you know what i mean <laughs> Do not watch normal documentary in the middle of class. Oh, uh, yeah, probably a got, good idea. <laughs> I got so I, – I actually got so bored. I, like, popped my iPhone, laid it in front of, like, my desk, and then just watch it an hour-long Chernobyl documentary. <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> so um, I guess it leads into tip, pay attention to even to the small things because the small things could – and it leads to bigger things in life. Like in that high school or That's like it. in that college biology lecture that you were watching a documentary during, right? Yeah. And, uh, Is that uh, where this where comes from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What about you, John? What's up? So I'm going to I'm gonna drop some John wisdom again this week. Another uh, a common mistake that I see people make. It's going to be on the, the dangers of the internet here. And, it, and in a weird, but in a weird way. Okay. So I often see people, this is something I talk with my wife about all the time is I'll see people post on like a Reddit thread. They'll make like a Reddit thread and like our relationships or somewhere like that. And uh, they'll quote a lot of the advice that they get. Try something for me real quick. If this is something that you would, that you think you would do, try go think about the thing that you know the most about in the world. I don't care what it is. Just anything, whatever you know a lot about, go to the subreddit that is about that, whatever it is, and post a question in there. And read how bad the responses are when you know what you're talking about. <laughs> because people don't understand. If, if I went on, like, I know a lot about magic. So does Gelati. Yeah. If I go on the magic subreddit and post an opinion about magic, no. people's responses are garbage. But somehow, when you get into serious topics like relationship advice or places like that, people just take word as gospel from whoever's responding to them. Yep. And let me tell you, as an older guy <laughs> with a wife and kids, I've been in a lot of relationships. Their advice is garbage, like eighty percent <laughs> of the time. Yeah, it's it is ridiculous how garbage some of it is. So, all I'm saying is, like Twitter responses, any of that kind of stuff. A lot of the time, your audience is literal thirteen year olds, and so you you hear someone respond, and they're like, "Yeah, you're totally right, man." And you're like, "See, I'm right." But the guy that responded that might be just some thirteen year old kid. So please take it with Wait. a grain of salt. You don't know. When you go into those relationship advice threads, if when you're an adult and you read those threads, you can tell that half of those responses are under 16 years old. Under 16 years old. So wait, you mean to, <laughs> you mean to tell me Joe Schmo 78 
isn't a guy that was born in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I just think it's funny because a lot of people really get gassed up reading these responses that agree with whatever their opinion is and never put any thought into who these people are. You can go on there and have any kind of opinion you want, and some people are going to agree with you, but you need to think about which type of people are agreeing with you. <laughs> and sometimes it's a whole bunch of 14-year-olds that agree with your opinion. Just be careful so, where you're drawing your confirmation just, bias Yeah, from. just be careful. that uh, Just because some people agreed with you somewhere doesn't necessarily mean your opinion is right. And just because you see 50 people agreeing about something in a thread doesn't necessarily mean it's a good opinion. Believe me, I can get 50 people to agree on something in the Magic subreddit that is completely stupid. So I mean, take dude, I mean take us for example. We sit here we'll sit here and talk for an hour or two every week and then more outside of here about how this is the most surefire thing in existence and boom just like that it's not relevant at all. <laughs> and we're actually pretty good at this. I know so we talk about it all the person, time. Imagine how the average guy that just watches some league every once in a while if you ask a thousand of those guys to throw their opinion in the hat they're going to come up with some consensuses but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good consensus. Yeah. It's like a, a lot like the a, what's it called? Um, D- Dunning Kruger effect, right? Where yeah, I mean, I just go in there sometimes, and I just see like some some dudes like I I came in the house and my wife was knitting, and I've never seen her knitting before. What's up? And fifty response like she's definitely cheating on you. One hundred <laughs> cheating. <laughs> she would never be knitting if she wasn't cheating on you. Just leave her. Like it's like ridiculous stuff. But people are like, "Wow, I never thought of it that way." No, don't think of it that way. <laughs> but John, you didn't know. Everything is only in absolutes. There is no gray area in anything whatsoever. So yeah, just be a little careful. It's the internet, folks. Uh, I would say use common sense, but common sense is uh, ee, uh, a little sketchy uh, sometimes. But yeah, use your own judgment on stuff, people. I, I agree. That's that's good. That's good life advice. I still gotta come, I gotta come up with a jingle I'll have to see if I can get my buddy to do like life advice, <laughs> <laughs> just like some some like little like whimsical like fadeaway thing. All right, everybody, uh, enjoy the games this weekend. They should be. I'm looking forward. To, oh, we didn't even talk about this either. Just real quick before we before we sign off because I totally forgot. If we uh, who do you, who's winning this whole thing? Wh- what do we think the final is going to be? Obviously, we'll be on Twitter so people can see all this stuff. But what's the final going to be? Uh, it's going to be Sunday night, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. So what do we think? Or Sunday morning for us. So who's the final going to be? Who's going to win this whole thing? Go. Rapid fire. Calvin, go. IGSKT. And who wins? Um, just pick SKT to win. Whoa. Oh, dude, you've been on an IGL <laughs> tournament. Just I think I do to win. I think I do to win. Dude, SK, sorry. Until SKT are like plus just... 400 underdogs, then you're going to be like pick of the week. <laughs> pick of the week right there. <laughs> John, what do you, John, what do you think? Um, if it's IG, I, I don't know who's going to win G2 SKT. I think that's very close. If it's IG, G, if it's IG versus SKT, I think IG wins convincingly. It's if, if it's IG G2, I think that's closer for me. I think IG handles G2's style worse than they handle SKT's style. So if it's yeah, I think IG's the favorite no matter what, but they'll have a harder time with G two in my opinion. I think IG are not going to win this tournament no matter who gets in. That's my hot take of the week. And it's, it's not. It's and it's not. Wow. And it's not because I don't think they're the. Like, That's. I don't. I just don't think they're like. I know they're. They look dominant, but I don't. I really don't think they're that much better than than SKT or G two. I really don't. I think they're like still even despite the results of this tournament and despite I think like how. 
I'm with you. I yeah. think the tier is still the same. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to be fading Invictus, and I said that as soon as I said that before the tournament even started. All right, yeah, just I just wanted to get that because I forgot about it. Everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy these matches; they should be awesome. So good night and good luck. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is "Clouds" by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is "Wasp in a Hat" by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh.